Inside Out with Nick Holt on Reading Radio 4RPH. Australia now has the highest cigarette prices in the world. The average pack of 25 cigarettes now costs the Aussie smoker about 50 bucks. The obvious question is why, and the answer is simple. Tax. In the past 10 years, the Australian Federal Government has made more than $100 billion from taxing tobacco products. The government has become so addicted to the money made from Australian smokers that it now almost solely relies on overpriced cigarettes to deliver a federal budget surplus. But where did the idea come from? In 2003, Australia signed up to the World Health Organisation's Convention on Tobacco Control, a worldwide framework to reduce tobacco use around the world. Its top measure was to develop policies on tobacco prices and taxes. The WHO claims that tobacco taxation is the single most effective way to encourage tobacco users to quit smoking. But whether or not that's true isn't clear. In fact, a recent study from the Australian Bureau of Statistics showed that the number of Australians who smoked between 2018 and 2019 actually increased. And those who were the most unlikely to successfully quit were the most disadvantaged people in the country. The Australian Institute of Health and Welfare reported that certain groups of Australians had disproportionately high rates of smoking. These included drug addicts, alcoholics, the homeless, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, and people suffering from mental illness. The question that needs to be asked is, are these extraordinarily high cigarette prices actually deterring Australians from smoking? Or is the government just flooding our streets with a highly addictive drug while generating billions in tax straight from the pocket of the addict? Lynn Boucher is a Mayo Clinic Certified Tobacco Treatment Specialist and the Director of the No Puff Smokers Clinic in Brisbane. Lynn's dedicated the past 20 years of her life to helping people quit smoking, and she says the hardest part is beating the nicotine. Lynn, what do we know about nicotine, the main drug in tobacco products? Nicotine is the most addictive drug that we know of and is very difficult to treat. Nicotine actually is not the killer. Everyone thinks that nicotine is what causes all the health issues. It's not the nicotine. It's actually the smoke. It's chemicals in the tobacco smoke. The nicotine just keeps you smoking. How many chemicals do they put in cigarettes? It's about 7,000 chemicals in each cigarette. So... That is quite scary. And some of those things like arsenic, DDT, ammonia, they put ammonia into cigarettes to actually increase the absorption of nicotine. So it facilitates an increased absorption. But the most alarming thing is the carbon monoxide that you inhale. The combustion of oxygen when you're sucking through a cigarette, that combustion produces carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide is... It's toxic. I mean, it comes out of the exhaust of your car. So that's 
what people who smoke are breathing in all the time. And what happens then is carbon monoxide is actually preferentially uh, taken up by red blood cells and the oxygen is just knocked off so that smokers are usually oxygen starving themselves. So I guess the obvious question is why doesn't the government just ban cigarettes? Because it's so addictive, people are going to smoke regardless. And that's what we're seeing with the hikes in the excise tax. I mean, at the moment, people that are severely addicted have no choice. They have to smoke to be able to function normally. Now, when you're looking at a packet of cigarettes costing $48.50, that's Marlborough Gold. I mean, that really reduces the amount of money that you have to spend on the family shopping, kids' shoes, excursions at school, all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, it is quite devastating for a lot of people when it comes to their financial situation. Are addicted smokers just being punished here? Yes, in a way they are being punished. The government's argument that expensive cigarettes leads to lower rates of smoking is clever but largely unfounded and possibly used to deliberately deceive both smokers and non-smokers. In reality, cigarette smoking in Australia has been on a steady decline since 1945 when 7 out of 10 Australian men and about 3 out of 10 Australian women were regular smokers. The National Health Survey found that the percentage of Australians who were regular smokers dropped from 28% in 1989 to 19% in 2010. However, an aggressive tobacco excise was not the cause. So, how did it come to be? In 2010, Prime Minister Kevin Rudd went to war with the big tobacco companies when he introduced mandatory plain packaging. The initiative effectively banned tobacco companies from putting any branding or advertising on their products, and it was soon heralded as a new benchmark in global leadership for tobacco control. And Kevin was armed and ready for battle. Um, This sort of plain packaging, this sort of packaging which tells you that if you smoke, uh, you're likely to have a really big health problem. And you can see it graphically, more graphically even than in the past. Now, the big tobacco companies are going to go out there and whinge, whine, complain, consider every form of legal action known to man. That's um, par for course. But Prime Minister Rudd also went to war with Australian smokers. At midnight on the 29th of April 2010, with almost no warning, the government raised the price of cigarettes by 25%, meaning the cost of a packet of smokes went from $13 to $17 overnight. And then on August 1st, 2013, the Gillard-Rudd government announced its intentions to increase the price of cigarettes by 12.5% each year for the next four years. Since then, every government, both Labor and Liberal, has continued that tax excise up until this year. In 2016, Liberal Democrat Senator David Lionhelm criticised both the Liberal and Labor governments for punishing Australia's most disadvantaged smokers. Mr Lionhelm effectively accused the government of stealing from Australia's poorest people. This money is being taken from Australia's poorest people. 
It is acknowledged on all sides that our poorest citizens tend to be the ones who smoke. Smoking is highest amongst low-paid workers and amongst those who don't have jobs at all. Amongst prisoners, ex-prisoners and drug users, it is well over 50%. Increases in taxes on cigarettes mean thousands of Australians struggling to pay for their groceries or school excursions will be hurt even more because of the insatiable greed of governments underpinned by middle-class snobbery. But even if you accept the argument that smokers impose significant costs on the healthcare system that need to be recouped via taxation, as soon as tobacco excise is used to fund something unrelated, whether it be Gonski or shipbuilding, it ceases to be about healthcare. It's about raising revenue to spend on other things. The poor, indigenous, prisoners and mentally ill are paying for the sort of untargeted spending that are of most benefit to the middle classes. More than 40% of indigenous people smoke and their families are about to get a whole lot poorer. So much for closing the gap. Public discussion of the tobacco tax, carried out with missionary zeal by politicians and public health official, officials, entirely ignores the welfare of those who continue to smoke despite it. The disadvantaged groups listed by Senator Lionhelm are the most burdened nicotine addicts in the country, and at the very top of the list are Australians suffering from mental illness. Data from the National Drug Strategy Household Survey showed that in 2019, daily smokers were more than twice as likely to have high or very high levels of psychological distress compared to those who had never smoked. The survey also revealed that smoking rates amongst those with mental illness was roughly double those among people without mental illness. Two more Australian studies conducted 10 years apart found that 7 out of 10 men and 6 out of 10 women with psychotic disorders were smokers. And the more severe the psychiatric disorder was, the higher the smoking rates. Australians with bipolar disorder were about three and a half times more likely to smoke than the general population, while people with schizophrenia were more than five times more likely to smoke. And tobacco-related conditions were responsible for about half of the total deaths of schizophrenics. Lynn, why do people who are suffering from mental illness have such a difficult time quitting smoking? Smokers with mental illness are always heavier smokers. They require a lot more nicotine and therefore they're more addicted. They, in general, need specialist treatment and usually require higher doses of stop smoking medications. Does research show that people with mental illness want to quit smoking? Yes, the evidence is that it's about the same as smokers without mental illness. So that is quite an amazing thing to know. Um, and you sort of have to ask yourself why. The reason is that no one really offers them help to quit. And there's a perception within the medical um, fraternity that they have no interest in quitting. It's going to be too hard for them. They can't quit. 
And and sometimes, um, especially doctors are concerned that if they quit smoking, their mental health will actually become worse. And this is what people are not told and this is what they don't know. You know, when they do quit, amazing things happen for them. Their anxiety levels go down, depression goes down, stress goes down. Um, it can take a little bit of time, but we also find that, you know, they're happier. They have an increased quality of life. They have interest in life, in doing things. And this is just from um, quitting smoking. Lynn, are the government's anti-smoking campaigns still working? They've been running campaigns since the National Tobacco Campaign was launched, launched in 1997. And we know that that was very successful initially. But what's happened since then is that there haven't been very consistent campaigns for a while and they just don't seem to be targeted and current to really be effective. The adult daily smoking has been stagnant. So according to the Bureau of Statistics, for about the last six, seven years, so that is really an indication that it's not working anymore. Inside Out with Nick Holt on Reading Radio 4RPH.